0: you're listening to episode four. Hey, money team. It's your girl, Krishan Danae, founder of moneywithanae.com, a personal finance blog dedicated to helping and inspiring you to achieve financial independence. You're listening to episode four of the Money with Danae show a show inspired by you people who are on their journeys to fi or thinking about starting one you're in the middle of your money journey and you know you just want somebody that you can relate to that you can share what you're going through during this time of pandemic during this time of debt payoff whatever it is that's defining your journey to financial independence and speaking of defining journeys in this episode i'm actually going to talk about one of the things that define my journey to financial independence. Let's hop into the show. in some of my earlier episodes, I talk about how I went through the process of changing my mindset and changing my behaviors in order to help create, you know, this process of getting out of debt and being more in control over my money and my financial freedom. But I don't really dive into that part of my story about me actually being in a very emotionally unstable place in my life and that's basically what I want to talk about in this episode you know what I was going through emotionally this same time actually two years ago when I first started my journey a few months into my journey um, even just some years that led up to that moment of my journey and in order for me to properly set the foundation for the topic, I do want to go ahead and hop over to a blog post that I wrote earlier this year called Debt and Depression to really share with you guys about what I was going through emotionally during the same time two years ago, um, starting my journey to debt freedom and just share some of the real reasons behind me having the motivation to keep going on my journey. Besides wanting to do some great things for myself, for my future self, for my family, um, my future family. This is one of the reasons why I go so hard on my debt free journey. Um, Because y'all like, let me just let's just go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead and hop over to the blog. On the blogs. Have you ever been in a dark place in your life, a place filled with sadness and despair, a place where empty feelings were in abundance and all you wanted to do was sleep for days, days at a time. You have no energy for people or things that once were important. Forget about friends. Forget about going out, forget about work. Who can concentrate on work when your mind is so heavy with thoughts that it hurts to pull your head off the pillow? The pillow that holds memories of dry tears that interferes with your sleep. Then when you do finally fall asleep, you wake up drenched from hours of night sweats only to realize that you slept the entire weekend. It's Monday morning, and you're two hours late to work. I have experienced many lows in my life after breakups, heartaches, unexpected family deaths. However, I had never experienced a dark place because of something that I had unconsciously done to myself. It's an isolating feeling, by the way, to be in a dark place because of your personal debt. You barely want to enjoy life because you are too afraid to spend money. There's a desire to talk to your family about it, talk to your friends about it, but, but then you, you're too ashamed to even face up to the judgment. The thoughts of no one really understands enters your mind. So you become vulnerable, insecure, and, and you start to isolate yourself from others. Before I realized that I had entered into yet another dark place in 2018, you know, when I started my journey, I honestly thought that things were okay. I was working in my dream career at my dream company. I made good money. I drove a nice car, you know, a car that I bought myself. I had my own apartment, a cute apartment. And I also had a good relationship. My relationship was going well. My friend groups were going well. You know, my entire family, including my cat Milo, was healthy. Everything was good. I mean, life perceivably was good, but something in my life, deep down in my personal aura, my personal beliefs my intuition like something was not right and I could not really put my you know put my hand on it those who are close to me know that I am extremely career oriented like that is just something that has always been a part of me very task oriented very much a planner you know make a list of things that I want to accomplish by this age and very career oriented, I believed at a very young age that I would be successful in life. That was just something that, that was just something that I just knew deep down inside like that, that is going to be me, you know, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to be big no matter what, no matter the path that I take. I knew that my career would bring me great wealth to provide for me, my family, you know, before kids, it will provide for everyone and also provide, generations to come like that was my goal that was what I knew what was gonna happen and you know I was all set for life but then I took an inventory of all of the accomplishments that I had achieved since graduating college and that was the moment that I was really disappointed because I was living paycheck to paycheck My credit score had slipped down to the 500s. You know, before my credit score was in a high 700s because that that allowed me to get a house, not a house, but a car. It allowed me to get an apartment like I was doing it. But my credit score slipped to 500s. My loan interest rates was kicking my butt and my credit card balances were just rolling over from month to month to month friends around me were getting engaged, they were getting married, they were having children, they were buying their first homes. And there I was, you know, in my parents' house, um speed dialing my bank account, my banks to see if they can waive another overdraft fee. Like it was that bad, crying on the floor, crying on the phone to The bank representative's like, please, no, please. Like, I cannot handle another $35 charge. Please waive it. Like, just please. And that just made me, like, look at myself and be like, how could I be working 50 plus hours a week living paycheck to paycheck, calling my bank, crying over a $35 overdraft fee? Like, how could I be in my dream career bringing in upper five figures in my mid 20s and only have $20 in my checking account and zero dollars in my retirement savings? Because, you know, I went through my entire savings in my my mid 20s. Then. People started asking me about my plans for the big 3-0 and starting a family. And I'm just thinking, like, there's no way that I could think about adult goals, like buying a house and having a baby. And I have less than $50 a week in discretionary income. Like, how am I going to—I can't even take care of the bills that I have now. How am I going to take care of bills with a husband and with a child? You know, like, unbelievable. I completely— At that moment, I completely lost my mind and I started to resent every single accomplishment that I had made ever since I was a child, all the way through, you know, being a teenager and going through my early 20s. Like I resented it all. Like I hated every single accomplishment that made me feel successful because I wasn't really successful because I had nothing to show for it. I hated that I was the first in my family to go to college. I hated that I purchased a new car before paying off my student loans. I hated that my successful career that I loved so much was not paying me enough to sustain my lifestyle. My present life started to look terrible and my future became terrifying. The resentment then turned into fear. I stopped enjoying the career that I loved. I was too busy worried about not having enough money, not having enough money in case of an emergency or if I lost my job. You know, all of that made it so hard for me to concentrate in life. It made it hard for me to concentrate at work. There were days, y'all, there were days where I would barely make it to the end of day, end of a work day without crying. Like I would be at work, get depressed, and then go to the bathroom, cry my eyes out, and then try to save face and go back to my seat. There were days where I was sitting at my desk crying silently, hoping nobody turned their neck to see that I was crying and would like fix my face real quick and just like, oh, you know, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Get back to work. But that that does not help you be great at your job. It doesn't help you be a great person in life, a great friend or a great girlfriend. All of those things really weigh on you. Then, you know, there were moments where I would cry all the way home after work, thinking about all of the avoidable mistakes that I had made with my money. There's a study by the American Psychological Association that says that more than 64% of graduate students said that their concern over debt interferes with their optimal functioning. Even psychologist, though, also says that when you experience the feeling of not having enough, your concerns with money consume your cognitive resources. And my dark place during that time was proof of that. Most days after a night of crying, I would wake up mentally Fatigue, physically fatigued with no energy to work out, run a meeting or pitch a creative idea or turn in an assignment or a project on time. I was just really lifeless, no energy at all. During that time, there were family and friends that will encourage me not to stress out because everyone just thought I was just stressed and I was just doing the most and being a type, (laughs) being a millennial, being an overachiever. And they're like, Oh, you're just stressed. You know, just, just chill out. Things will be all right. Pray, pray about it, pray about it, you know, give it to God or there's nothing wrong with you. And those words will help me temporarily. And I would become optimistic about my situation, but then something like an unexpected bill Cause me to spiral back into night sweats, weird sleeping patterns, loss of energy, body aches, stomach issues. And I just was like, what the heck is going on? When I finally realized that this was an unhealthy pattern. That's when I decided to see a doctor, and I, and I talked about that with you guys, about me going to go see a doctor and figuring out what my plan would be and what I needed to do, but I never knew that all of this was triggered by something that I had done. In the summer of 2018, I was diagnosed with three things, bipolar depression, anxiety, and irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. I remember that day vividly, as I've said before, but I was having a nervous breakdown. Like I was, I was literally, I thought I had reached a moment where I truly had lost it. My, during that time or like that day, I remember like my car was in the shop. After it had been towed twice in one week, it was towed twice for car repairs. I was I was having like, it was like everything was compounding that day. It was even raining outside. It, it was pouring down raining on me. I had no umbrella. And also it was very stressful at work. Work was piling up. I was approaching deadlines. You know, I had a team members that were depending on me about things. And I just could not, I could not do 100% because I was, my energy that I was putting in was two hundred percent, but the output was only fifty percent because I was just very drained and depressed and just just crazy upset. Also, I remember on that day that I had less than a hundred dollars in my checking account to pay for all of those bills. You know, my my car going into the shop for car repairs twice in one week. I had no money. I had no money to pay any of those unexplained bills. And then I remember being in the doctor's office and learning about my condition and then actually learning about the fact that, yes, you know, I was depressed because of the situation that I put myself in. But also I learned that it was hereditary and it was common for people my age Um, In my age group to be experiencing these same feelings and these same emotions and you know This anxiety and depression and all of this stuff, but my doctor also explained to me that although it's hereditary for me to Possibly experience these certain situations in my life. It was rare for me to be dealing with All of those symptoms y'all like I had all the symptoms (laughs) multiple symptoms at the same time at that moment that's when it became apparent to me that, you know, something else in my life was making me sick. Like something else was triggering my anxiety more than it should, you know, on a daily daily basis. Something more was triggering my depression, my depressed state. And I needed to figure out what that was. So I talked about how I went and researched, you know, how to get out of that state and how to get out of that situation. But... When I left um, the office, that's when the doctor's office, that's when I went home and I researched the pros and cons of actually taking prescriptions. And I, I honestly was not comfortable with what I had found in research. I actually, and I also asked my friends about What they were using for their anxiety and what they were using for their depression and stuff like that. And it was not comforting at all. And I then researched, you know, healthier ways of getting out of um, depression and anxiety and stress without prescriptions. You know, there's other healthier alternative ways that I have not talked about yet, which is CBDs. That's something that has definitely helped me in the last couple of years to just manage manage my stress and manage my anxiety to a point where I don't have to get on medication, which I'm afraid of doing. But that also is something else that helps me to maintain my, I guess, um, state of mind where I'm not like going crazy. But anyway, so that Search took me by surprise because I discovered numerous studies on the correlations between debt and depression. I learned that debt was one of the leading causes of unhappiness in America. And I also learned that it can kill you. Like, depression and unhappiness and debt all mixed together is just like one big bomb <laughs> that just can go off inside of you and really harmed you. Some studies found that people that are dealing with debt is actually driving them to become mentally ill because they have not recognized that their stress and their anxiety and their depression and all of these things that they're dealing with emotionally has to do with how they're managing their money because that also shows them how they're managing their life and they feel like they're not in control of either of those situations and that actually can help make you go crazy. This podcast is brought to you by the Money Academy with Nay. Are you ready for financial independence but not quite sure how to get started? Go to MoneyWithDanae.com and click on schedule a one-on-one with me and let's talk about money. Dr. John Gatherhood of the University of Nottingham found that those who struggle to pay off their debts and loans are more than twice as likely to experience a host of health mental health problem, including depression and severe anxiety. It doesn't matter what sort of debt either. It could be good debt. You know, people think of good debt like your mortgage, but it can also be bad debt like revolving credit card balances. Studies also show that any type of debt, no matter the amount, can cause serious emotional illness and stress. And I don't know about you, but if I read something or research or studies that told me that, okay, yes, everyone has anxiety, stress, whatever. But if you're dealing with severe anxiety, if you're dealing with severe depression and you're an adult and I you read and you read something that there's studies, there's research that shows that people are probably dealing with serious emotional issues or illnesses and stress and they're and they're in debt. That should just be like a wake up call for you to be like, okay, I may not be able to control this. I may have to, you know, control this with medicine or I may have to control this with CBD or whatever, whatever. But if there's one extra thing out there that can help me be more in control of myself, then why not do it? And that's kind of the mindset that I was in. Knowing that most of my depression and anxiety was being caused by debt helped me to make a better plan for my life. And I talked about this in an earlier episode and also talk about this a lot on my blog. But instead of picking up my prescriptions and just feeling like, oh, I'm just going to get on prescriptions and it's going to heal, you know, the, the depression, the anxiety, the IBS, I honestly... Thought that if this was a a major thing in my life That's really triggering, you know This depression and this anxiety, then that's something that I need to deal with. And that helped me to make a better plan in my life and take control over my health and my money and my future all at the same time by deciding to become debt free. I'm talking to you today and I'm not 100% cured of my anxiety. I still deal with issues of having too much stress or putting too much on myself And having to take a step back And, you know, having to put myself first And just say, hey, we're going to deal with this today And then, you know, take it step by step I still have low moments where I am dealing with depression Or I can feel it coming But I honestly, 100%, y'all, like, true talk Feel that because of my decision to get out of debt Has helped me to experience fewer lows Before I would go through emotional lows for two to three months two to three months I would feel like crap I would have no energy I would eat eat terribly and I don't want to see friends or family and I just be in my own little state and I was okay with okay with that but when I I honestly feel like once I decided to take control over one area of my life to give myself focus and cause and motivation, that's what helped me to really stay on my journey. Like what motivated you and, you know, what motivate me may be different, but I just know that if you are out there and you have debt and you have anxiety or any case of depression, whether it is, you know, bipolar, whatever, just kind of think about how you can change one thing in your life that is stressing you out the most and fix that. And I guarantee that will help relieve some of that stress that you have on your shoulders that you're dealing with day to day. If there's someone out there that's listening to this and is actually struggling with mental health issues or debt issues, get help. Don't be ashamed, don't be afraid, and don't feel like, you are supposed to have it all together. You're an adult, you're grown, you've, you're a high achiever, you did all these things in life and you're really proud of yourself and you're just like, well, why? Why is there still something wrong with me? Why is there still something that I cannot fix? Why is there something that is ha- there's, there's a hold over me that I just need to figure it out? Like, go get help. I went to therapy I still go to therapy. I haven't gone to therapy this year because of COVID. I'm actually considering going back before the holidays now that things are opening back up, but go to therapy. I've been going to therapy since my mid-20s, and I love it. It's definitely helped with different parts of my anxiety, parts of my worry. Um, I'm a worry-war, and I'm always thinking about the future and how to become a better person and all this stuff, and that that can definitely weigh on you, but get help. Don't be afraid to get help. You don't have to tell the world about it. You don't have to talk about it. Just go get help for you. Like this is your life. This is your journey. And this is something that you should consider to do for you and your health. You may live on this earth for a hundred years. Do you want to live on this earth for a hundred years and 50% of that time you are depressed and sad? No, don't do that. Get help. If you do have to, Maybe get on prescriptions. Um, I definitely recommend the natural route first, but definitely talk to a doctor about it and just, just get help. There are organizations um, out there that help you. The odds may seem against you, but there's places that help you. If you're in Georgia, you can go to my website and go to moneywithana.com and search depression. And it will pull up my latest blog article about depression. And it has some resources down there at the bottom that can help you. Get to a better place in your life, or a better place on your debt free journey, and just a better place in general. If you feel like, you know, you you have therapy, you have your prescriptions, or you have your CBD, like me, um, but you. You're, you're ready for the next step. You're ready to get out of debt. There's also resources online. Of course, my blog has great resources on there. But if you're just looking for maybe someone to help you get started on your journey, if you have credit card debt or you just need, like somebody out there, like an organization, there's an organization called the American Financial Solutions. I use them, Ask for Karen. <laughs> Her information is on my website. I also drop all these links in my episode notes on my website and also down below, if you just scroll down to the information about this episode down below, you scroll down, I'll have all the links there for you to go and check those links out. But the American Financial Solutions is actually an organization that helped me get control over some of my larger debts on my personal credit cards. So they have a debt payment program that I'm in and I started that program I want to say in 2018, when I first started my journey, or maybe a few months into my journey, and I think that definitely helped me organize debt payoff a little bit more so I wasn't so focused on um, how am I going to pay all these bills. And I definitely feel like a lot of people that are on this journey are dealing with anxiety. They may not be as severe as mine's, or it it may be more More of an issue for them where they're actually dealing with this and they don't have any help They don't have family and friends encouraging them like I did, you know at least But I just wanted to share a little bit more about what motivates me on my journey Because I don't want to be back in that place. I don't want to be back in the dark place. I don't want to feel So disconnected from life where I just feel like i'm just floating and then something's gonna happen to me It's the worst feeling ever, and I just hope and pray for anyone that's listening to this that they just stop whatever they're doing and just go get help. Alright, so this week I wanted to share an article or more so some more research that came out a few days ago by the Pew Research Center talking about how the majority of young people my age or younger have decided to move back home with their parents more than any other time ever before other than the Great Depression. And it was covered by a few outlets, Yahoo, CNBC, and The Atlantic, but I'm gonna read an excerpt from the Pew Research Center. So the article by Pew Research Center is, a majority of young adults in the U.S. live with their parents for the first time since the Great Depression by Richard Fry, Jeffrey S. Passel, and Devera Coyne. The coronavirus outbreak has pushed millions of Americans, especially young adults, to move in with their family members. The share of 18 to 29-year-olds living with their parents has become a majority since U.S. coronavirus cases began spreading earlier this year, surpassing the previous peak during the Great Depression era. In July, 52% of young adults resided with one or both of their parents, up from 47% in February, according to the new Pew Research Center analysis of monthly census bureau data. By the way, side note, the census came to our house today asking questions about the neighbor, surprisingly. I don't know anything about our new neighbor, so I had no information to share. But anyway, the number of um, living with their parents grew from 26 million and increased to 2.6 million from February. The number and share of young adults living with their parents Grew across the board for all major racial and ethnic groups. I thought it was interesting that that's starting to change. So across the board for all major racial and ethnic groups, men and women and metropolitan and rural residents, as well as in all four main census regions. So that is really surprising. Also, growth was the sharpest for young adults between the ages of 18 and 24. So that's mostly like the kids that are in college age or around that range. And of course, for white young adults, I thought this article was interesting to share in this time that's happening right now in the pandemic. Because, you know, for two reasons, one, I moved back home with my parents twice in my 20s. And you know, two, I was ashamed about it. Like I didn't want to live at home because I wasn't really saving money. My parents made me pay rent and I definitely enjoyed having my own quiet space that I can be by myself and everyone wasn't yelling (laughs) all the time. And, you know, I could just do whatever I want and decorate however I want. You know, it made me feel good. But looking back, I wish I would have took the route of leaving college, moving back home for about three to five years, and then moving out on my own. I feel like that would have enabled me to, even though I was paying rent, it would have enabled me to save up enough money in my savings account and in my emergency savings account, and then pay off all of my debt. Like i I wish that would have been my focus to pay off my debt before I left home. Even if I paid off my debt and had zero dollars, I just wish I would have paid off my debt and then left home. And then reading this article kind of brought that back up, especially when I was talking about, you know, being in debt and depression and how that spurred during that time of me living at home and feeling ashamed and bad for myself and how it kind of escalated when I did move out on my own because I wasn't really ready, financially ready to move out both of the times that I moved out on my own, but this article made me think of a younger generation who may feel ashamed at, you know, having to go back home after they went off to college um, and having to be back under the roof of their parents or just feeling like, you know, I did all of this work. I worked so hard. I'm successful, and now I have to move back home, and I don't feel so independent, and I don't feel so successful, and it's, top headline right now, a few outlets have covered it. And I just wanted to sort of speak to the younger generation that are between the ages of 18 and look, not even 18 to 24, just 18 to 29, <laughs> um, 18, look, 18 to 35. And just say like, hey, if you have to move back home, like don't feel bad about that. Don't feel ashamed. And especially in the black community, like we want to feel like we're grown and independent and can do whatever we want and can follow our own rules and all of this stuff. But it's a humbling experience to know that one, sometimes you need help and that's okay. Two, take it as a, not just a learning experience, but take it as a moment of, I'm doing this for my future. I'm doing this so I'm not always in this situation and really focus on your main things that you need to, to focus on to not be in that situation again. I know the second time when I moved back home, I wanted to be in a better position for when I left. And that was me getting a higher paying position at work, you know, getting promoted in my career, but also figuring out a way to be financially stable so I don't have to go back home. And I remember when I did get the promotion promotion at work and I had the great job and I had the great livelihood, but I was still in that position of being in debt when I moved out because I still feel like I moved out a little too early but I say all this to say, like, guys, if you have to move back home and you're in between the ages of 18 and 35, like, just take it as a moment of like, OK, let me get my stuff. Let me get myself together. Let me get my ish together. Let me not be spending checks at the club. Let me not be buying new cars, new clothes, taking travel, taking trips, you know, taking vacations, getting my hair done once a week, getting my nails done, upgrading my phone. Like, let me stop. Let me not. Focus on all of those things that is gonna make me spend more money, make me not get, get to where I wanna be financially, and just really focus on you and take this time to just make yourself better and a better adult. So when you are 30, when you are my age, at next age, you're in a better position to be a better you. And yeah, just like that, that is my show. Thank you so much for listening in, listening to my story about debt and depression and how that shaped my journey. I hope you got something from it. It's also Friday, so I hope you are having a fantastic end of the week. I hope you have a great weekend. Make sure that you do something money-motivated or money-driven this weekend, whether that's putting extra money towards your savings or putting extra money towards your debt payoff. Whatever it is, make sure that you're doing something that's going to help benefit your future for you and your money goals. It's also my birthday. So other than leaving a comment, review, or feedback about my show or about my blog in the comments below, make sure you go to moneywithanay.com, share some birthday love for me, go to my Instagram at moneywithanay Leave me some birthday love there or just go down into the comments of this show and just tell me happy birthday. I'm so excited that my birthday is on a Friday this year. So yeah, I'm about to go celebrate. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.